With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And a very good Monday morning, afternoon, evening to you. Joe Beningo, the Oda Payne Podcast. Monday, May the 8th. 2023, the Joe Beningo to Paint Podcast brought to you by the Hackensack Brewing Company by Anita Discount Tire and, of course, our good friends at DraftKings. A um, lot of losing going on right now. I'm going to tell you the name of this. I'm losing you. The great song by The Temptations. Okay, well, this is the name of this podcast because that's what's going on right now with the teams that I root for. I'm losing you. We'll start with the Knicks. Game four tonight in Miami against the Heat. They're down two games to one. Uh, in their uh, best of seven Eastern Conference semifinal series. They're in major trouble. I mean, let's let's be honest. I made one of the big mistakes of my life on Saturday afternoon. I mean, it is this beautiful, finally, we got, you know, rained all week, chilly weather. Finally, we get this gorgeous, you know, basically summer day, late, you know, early spring, late, you know, mid-summer day, 75, almost 80 degrees on Saturday. Couldn't be nicer, right? And I was debating, you know, I did my show on WFAN, the 10 to 1 show on Saturday. By the way, I'll also, just to tell everybody, uh, this Thursday, I'll be with Evan filling in for Craig Carton on his uh, afternoon show, 2 to 6.30, so you want to check that out coming up this Thursday. But anyway, on the uh, Saturday show, uh, you know, I'm thinking to myself after the show's over, you know, maybe we should go play golf. It's so nice. Am I going to stick myself in here today watching the Knicks? They start at 3.30 in the afternoon, right? This gorgeous day. And I had a bad feeling. I got to tell you this. I had a bad feeling about this game going in. I had a feeling the Knicks were going to get their ass handed to him in this game. You knew Jimmy Butler was playing. Who's kidding who? There was no way Jimmy Butler wasn't playing in this game, right? The game is back in Miami. And let's be real. You know, in game two, the Knicks were fortunate to win game two. The, the, the Knicks won game two barely without Jimmy Butler playing. They were life and death to win game two at the Garden with Butler not on the, on the floor. So you had to be worried about game three, and I really was. But I said, ah, you know, I got to see it. Knicks in the playoffs, you know. It's the first time in 10 years we're in this round of the playoffs and all this. I got to watch the game. I can't. I know it's game three. I got to watch it. Big game. And I knew. You know, we always talk about, you know, th- th- there's always this big thing about, well, you know, you, you could put an NBA game on in the last five minutes, the last two minutes you see the whole game. That's bullshit. And that was certainly bullshit <laughs> on Saturday because three minutes into this game, I knew the Knicks were dead. I'm sitting there watching the game with my wife, and I told her, I said, Taya, three minutes into it, they were down, I think, 13 to 6. I said, it's over. They're done. We, we can leave now. They have no shot in this game. They're going to lose by 20, 25 points. They wound up losing by 19. They were never, ever, ever in this basketball game. They couldn't shoot. What were they, 8 for 40 from 3? And they're not a good three-point shooting team anyway. 
But he, but here's the deal. Miami's better. The best player on the floor is Jimmy Butler. You know, as good as Jalen Brunson is, and Julius Randle had a miserable game, okay? The best player on the floor in this series is Jimmy Butler. You know, you go back to the series with Cleveland, all the hoopla about Donovan Mitchell, the best player on the floor in the Cleveland series for the Knicks was J- for Jalen Brunson. He was the best player on the floor for either team. Jalen Brunson was the best player. The best player on the floor for either team in this series is Jimmy Butler. And it wasn't even the threes. I mean, we saw the first two games where Miami just killed the Knicks hitting three after three after three. All these, they got 20 different guys that could hit threes. That wasn't the case in game three. They were going to the basket. Butler was taking it to the basket. He set the tone early with about eight points. The Knicks' first three possessions, all you had to see is the Knicks' first three possessions, and you knew how bad it was going to be. They turned first three possessions. They got a bad shot. I think Randall took a bad shot on the first one, and then they turned it over on the next two possessions. That was, they would, You knew they were dead. They were never in the game. Never. I think the closest they got was maybe 11 points. They were down like 15, 18, 20 the whole game. Knicks never had a shot in this basketball game. Like I said, they couldn't make a three to save their lives. You know, Eric Spolster right now is clearly, clearly out coaching Tom Thibodeau. It's not even close. Let's be real. You know, the big three for the Knicks, you know, who all, you know, scored 20-plus points in game two, they all stunk. Randall, Randall has games where he's just stakes, you know? And I'm telling you, for the Knicks, because I don't think the Knicks are getting out of this series, and I got to tell you right now, I wouldn't be surprised they don't win again. Would you really be? I mean, I think they're in big trouble tonight. Emmanuel Quickly's not playing tonight. Uh, he's out. He's got that ankle sprain. I don't think we're going to see him. He he got not, and not that he's played well anyway. He's been really a non-factor in the playoffs so far, certainly in these three games. So maybe you're going to see Derrick Rose, Evan Fournier tonight. Who knows what, what Thibodeau's going to do. But I, I, the Knicks are in big trouble. I mean, Miami's better. They're playing tremendous defense. Your Knicks game is getting in the lane and scoring, you know, uh, in the paint. And there, Miami's saying, okay, we're going to take the paint away from you, and we're going to make you have to hit three-point shots to beat us, and it's not happening. It's not happening right now. Miami's defense has been tremendous. Uh, I mentioned the great game Butler had. Bam Adebato had a phenomenal. He killed the Knicks. I mean, he was by far the best big man out there. Forget uh, Mitchell Robinson, who's had a very off series. And Hartenstein had a good game in game two, but it was all about Bam Adebayo in, in game two. Uh, for Miami, and they just out outdid the Knicks in every day. Out, they out-hustled the Knicks. How many 50-50 balls, basically every loose ball that was on the floor, Miami was getting to the ball. There was one sequence where Kevin Love just totally out-hustled Julius Randle for a loose ball. I mean, you you just you can't feel good about this series, right? You really can't. I think Miami's clearly the better basketball team. They're better coached. They're a better team. They play better defense, and I'll go back to this again. The best player on the floor plays for Miami, and that's Jimmy Butler. So the Knicks are facing, to me, this is a do-or-die, must-win game tonight. There's no doubt about it. Have to win. If they don't win tonight, they're dead. They'll be down 3-1. And like I said, I could see them losing game five at the guard. And I go back to this. I go back to this point again, and I said this. When they lost game one of this series at home, I said to myself, man, I don't, they're not winning this series. They're in big trouble. Because the Knicks have never won a, a playoff series where they've had the home court advantage and lost game one at home. They have never, ever won one. They're 0-7. So I'm worried. And you could, you know, I, you could be as uh, positive as you want to be. But let's see it tonight. I mean, I need it. I need a big game from Brunson tonight. I need a big game from Randall tonight. 
I need a big game from R.J. Barrett tonight. I got to see them try to somehow, some way, slow Jimmy Butler down. They got to do that. What do you have, 28 points in game three? They got to slow him down. And the Knicks can't shoot eight for 40 from three and win. I mean, that's it. The two games they lost, they've been horrible from three-point land. The one game they won, they hit like 16. They shot like 40% from three. I think they hit 16. Brunson was six for 10. Maybe he had the big fourth quarter. But that's without Butler. And like I said, they were life and death to win that game without Butler. So if you're a Knicks fan going into game three, a game four here tonight, you got to be very, very, very concerned about the state of the New York Knickerbockers tonight. Again, no Emmanuel quickly doesn't look like he's playing. We know Brunson and Randall both are a little banged up. But look, Jimmy Butler's banged up too. Uh, he even he even uh, twisted his ankle again uh, in the fourth quarter of game three. So you know he's playing tonight. There's no doubt about it. And this is a game the Knicks absolutely have to have. And I think the Knicks have to jump out early in this game. If the Knicks fall behind early in this game, they're done. I'm telling you right now. I think the Knicks have to get off to a good start in the first quarter. Maybe get Barrett. When the Knicks have won in the playoffs, you've seen R.J. Barrett kind of set the tone. Even in the Cleveland series, you've seen R.J. Barrett kind of set the tone early in the game, taking it to the basket. That's really his game. You know, I got to see that here in this game. I got to see Brunson assert himself early in a basketball game. You know, maybe we'll see Quentin Grimes start. I don't know. Maybe maybe Josh Hart will come off the bench in this game. I don't know. I don't know how to, how Thibodeau looks to play it. But you need it from everybody. You need the big guy. Mitchell Robinson has got to show up now in this series because we haven't seen anything. He was great against Cleveland. That has not been the case in this series. He's been clearly outplayed by Bam Adebayo. So, I you know, you got to be worried. And like I said, game three, it wasn't even the three-point shots that were killing him. The, Miami wasn't <laughs> wasn't chucking up a lot of threes in, in game three because they didn't have to. And the Knicks were never in that basketball game. And I, I knew it going in, and I was so damn pissed off that I didn't play golf on Saturday and wasted my time. But what are you going to do? I mean, this is my basketball team. Like I said, they're never here. You know, I hate this 3.30 afternoon nonsense. I mean, come on. Tonight, that at least thank God, well, it's Monday, so they're not going to play in the afternoon. But at least thank God it's 7.30 tonight. My buddy JJ's down here. Maybe you can bring him a win. Don't count on it. Very concerned. I will be very surprised if the Knicks come back and win this series. And right now, like I said, I would not be surprised if they get knocked out in five and don't win another game. But the game, again, uh, game four tonight, 7.30 uh, in uh, Miami in a game the Knicks down two games to one to the Heat. Absolutely have to have. All right, Beningo, the uh, O the Pain podcast. All right, I want to get, and we'll get to the state of the Mets. What a disaster the Mets are. Oh, Anyway, that's why it's I'm losing you. The next I'm losing you is the Rangers. I mean, how did, what the hell, what's going on with Chris Drury here, okay? The Rangers go through coaches more than the, than the Jets do. I mean, every time I'm turning around, there's a new coach. Just think of it. You go back to the year after the lockout year, which was what, 05, 06, right? When the Rangers, after nine years of not making the playoffs, you know, made their renaissance. They brought Yager in. They had that big year. Yager scored 54 goals. They got to the playoffs, but unfortunately got whacked. Remember, they got swept in four by the Devils. But that kind of began a run of the Rangers making the playoffs more often than not. That kind of set up the Henrik Lundqvist era, right? And all those playoff runs, even though they never won, they got to the finals in 2014, didn't win and all of that, but whatever, right? And obviously now this seven-round disaster a seven-round, seven-game disaster in the first round that they lost to the hated New Jersey Devils, who won yet, scored eight yesterday. They bounced back 
after losing the first two games in the series in Carolina, get beat badly, similar to what happened to with the, with the Rangers. And they bounced back in uh, Newark last night with an 8-4 to win over uh, Carolina. So that series is 2-1 to one now for the Hurricanes. But be that as it may, right? They fired Gerard Gallant. Why did you fire this guy? This guy's here two years. He gave you 100-point seasons two years in a row. He takes you to the conference finals last year. All right, they lost in the first round this year, right? Was it Gallant's fault they lost? Was it Gallant's fault that Artemi Panarin didn't show up for the series? Was it Gallant's fault that fault that uh, Mika Zibanejad had a, a brutal series where he scored one goal? Was it, was it Gallant's fault that Adam Fox, who's up for the Norris Trophy again, after the first two games at the Garden, stunk? And in game seven, gave away the puck right in front of the net and kill on a power play for, here, here take a shorthanded goal that New Jersey scored and never looked back after that? Right? I mean, come on. Is it his fault that you got no points from uh, uh, Alexei Lafaniere in this series? He didn't score at all? That you really got nothing from the kid line, Hedl and and, and Kako? Jacob Truba didn't have a point in this series? If it wasn't for Shesterkin standing on his head, you know, this series might have been less than seven games and Chris Kreider scoring goals. That's basically all you got. That was it. Patrick Kane gave you one game and that was it. You know, you got a few goals from Tereschenko. But this was a major disappointment, no doubt. But the Devils are good, right? I know the Rangers are supposed to make a big run this year, but you fired Gallant. Who are you bringing in now? Well, well, who's the next guy? You're going to hire Messier to be the coach? I'm hearing about this guy from Hartford. He's the, uh, he's the coach of the minor league team, the Hartford Whalers. Not for the Hartford Whalers. Hartford Wolfpack, the Whalers. They're an old WHA team. And they, actually, there was the Hartford Whalers in the NHL. They became the Hurricanes, I think. They're Carolina Hurricanes now. But anyway, the Hartford Wolfpack, this guy, Chris Knobloch, he's 44 years old. He's coaching that team. Is this the guy you're going to bring in, a young coach like this with this team, veteran team you got here? Is that what you're doing? You know, they're not going to bring in Joel Quenville, even though he won three cups with the Blackhawks because of the issues with the uh, the sexual assault thing with one of the players. They covered it up, you know, the whole deal with that. So yeah, that ain't happening. I think he's suspended anyway. So where are you going? Who's the coach? Would you take a shot at Messier? Well, you know what? I would think about it. I, I don't think it's crazy. I mean, you know, what the hell? You go through coaches like water anyway. You bring Messier in, uh, you know, he'll lose a playoff series and they'll get rid of him too. But it's crazy. So since that 05-06 season, the Rangers have had Tom Rennie, and then they brought in John Tortorella, and then they brought in Elaine Vigneault. They actually went to the finals with Vigneault. Then they brought in David Quinn, never made the playoffs with him. Then they bring Galante in. They go to the playoffs two years in a row, right? Over 100 points two years in a row. First Ranger coach, only Ranger coach, to have over 100 points in, in his first two seasons, and you bunt, you get rid of him. Maybe it's time to get rid of Chris Drury, right? Maybe it is. I, mean, it's unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. I, I was so ticked off when I saw this because it's a constant coaching carousel. You think that, like I said, you think the Jets are bad? I mean, it's ridiculous. They, they're going on their sixth coach in the last 15 years now here with the Devils. It's With the Devils. <laughs> Floridian slip there. With the Rangers, what a joke. It's a joke. It really is. And I said it. This is all you need to know about the Rangers. It really is. sums up the Rangers when you talk about head coaches and all the goddamn head coaches they've had over the years, right? The year they won the Cup, now almost, it's going to be 30 years next year, right? They're already more, more than halfway to the 54 years it was between 1940 and 1994, you know? That Cup's old now, too. All you need to know is the year they won the Cup in 1994, Mike Keenan was the head coach, right? That's the only year he coached the team, right? 
Well, first year to coach in the team, they win the Stanley Cup, and then there's a there's a power struggle between, you know, a pissing contest between, you know, mine's bigger than yours, between Mike Keenan and Neil Smith at the end of the year, and Neil Smith wins the power struggle, and, well, now it's 30 years later, and the Rangers still haven't won, and they've been through a zillion coaches, a zillion. Unbelievable. I, I, I got to tell you, man, I, I, I'm very upset that they fired Gallant. And let's see where they go from here. I got a feeling they're going to hire this guy from Hartford. I, that's me. I mean, I just got a feeling. And I'll tell you, they better make, they better win soon. They better win soon because otherwise it's going to be Drew. He's going to be the hell out. He's going to be gone. He's going to be gone. And I think there's going to be a lot of changes this year. Don't be, don't be surprised to see, you know, uh, Lafonniere, somebody like that get, get dealt away. Because they got some contract. They got a lot of guys locked into long-term deals. You know, it's really funny. The Rangers, the year that uh, Jack Hughes was the number one pick in the draft for the Devils, and he's been the real deal, the number two pick was Capo Caco. Well, Capo Caco has not lived up to being the number two pick in the draft. And in the year after that, the Rangers had a number one pick in the draft. They took Lafonniere, who was supposed to be this, like, tremendous player. He has been nowhere near that. Nowhere near. So that set the Rangers back, too. I mean, let's be honest. But I could not, I am really upset that not that I have this great love for Gallant, but I mean he didn't do that bad a job. I'm sorry. And and to me, you're just gonna have a constant re- every two years now is gonna be a new head coach with the Rangers. Unbelievable. Really, very very upset by that. I I, I what else can I say? All right, Beningo, the uh, Oda Payne podcast uh, Monday. It is uh, May 8, twenty twenty three. Let's get our sponsors in here. We'll start with the Hackensack Brewing Company. And you know the deal. Located 10 minutes off the George Washington Bridge, less than 30 seconds off Route 4. Hackensack's beautiful Fairmont neighborhood. Remember, there's always uh, 12 beers on tap. Tap rooms open 4.30 to 10 Monday through Friday, 2 to 10 Saturday, 12 to 8 Sunday. 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack. Uh, check it out. Come see Mike Jones, TJ. Don't forget, when you when you go to the uh, brewing company, check out my Oda Payne beer. Uh, we got the... Uh, the baseball colors out right now, the uh, blue and orange for the for the Mets. Uh, and they're off to a brilliant start so far this year. And then, of course, during the football season, we got the uh, Jet colors, the green and white. No black, please. Uh, green and white for the Jets. Uh, see Mike Jones, see TJ, Andre, Herb, everybody over there. 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack, right behind the Tombstones. Oh, baby. And we'll be doing... Uh, uh, a week from this coming Friday, we'll be doing our next, on May 19th, the next live podcast. I'm working on a couple different people. We'll see who we're going to have for that night. Um, uh, we'll see. So I'm working on I'm not going to mention any names, but we're working on it right now. Uh, the Hackensack Brewing Company. Tell them Beningo sent you when you went there. Then, of course, when you go there. <clears throat> then, of course, I need a discount tire. I can't, you know, you can't say enough. My son, Johnny, his great boss, Ari. Uh, go check them out. You need work done on your car. Any work on your car, you need tires, you need your car inspected. That's the place to go. You know, instead of sitting in the long lines in beautiful Lodi, New Jersey at the DMV, which is always a thrill. You know, bring your lunch, bring your dinner. Bring a couple of cocktails, too, if you're going there. Pack your patience. A lot of patience. You need more than that. You know, anyway, you need sedation. But if you need to, you know, like I said, any of that, you need your car inspected, go see Johnny and, and Ari at at uh, Need a Discount Tire in, River, in beautiful Rivervale, New Jersey, uh, on Westwood Avenue, and tell them Beningo sent you. And, of course, our friends at DraftKings. And I tell you this all the time. Whatever you're betting on, okay? The, the NBA playoffs, the Stanley Cup playoffs, the baseball, the weather, whatever you want to bet on, 
uh, the way to go to golf, PGA coming up. I'm not even sure who won. Who won? Ted, do me a favor. Let me know who won the uh, Wells Fargo yesterday. My guy had, you know, this is so typical of me, right? And, we'll, you know, and again, DraftKings, we love them. And they'll be with us again coming up in September for the football season. But who won? Who won it? Wyndham Clark. Wyndham Clark, huh? Under. Wow. Xander. Xander Shoffley. Next one. Right. Under. Oh, they were both. So was a playoff. Nineteen. No, 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 no. Wyndham was nineteen under. Okay. The next one after that. Was Shoffley. So Wyndham Clark won by four shots. Yep. Well, good for Wyndham Clark. That's a good tournament to win. So Wyndham Clark wins at Wells Fargo and Quail Hollow in Carolina. But I had Jordan Speed. Last week in Mexico, I won. I had Tony Fina actually won. Hello. And then this week, you know, it, it's so funny. And I'll give you a comparison too. And in this week, I took Jordan Speed. And Speed's been very, you know, sometimes he's playing great, sometimes he's not. Well, I got him on the not. He didn't make the play. He didn't make the playoff. He didn't make the cut. Seven over par. So I go from a winner to not even making the cut. Terrible. Unbelievable. So congratulations to Wyndham Club. But it's like, it's like golf. So yesterday, I played real well. We played at Paramus. I played well. I got my first birdie of the year. So I'm only two behind my wife. My wife has three. I only have one. Took me till May to get to it. But I'm going to get I'm going to catch it. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's going to. She ain't going to win this. But she's. Oh, we'll see. Then, listen to her. She's talking smack. So am I. But she's got a two-shot lead. I had a couple good looks yesterday. I could have had a couple more again yesterday. But I putted pretty good. At least every time I had a green in regulation, I got at least a par. But I got my first birdie yesterday. And, of course, the whole right – this is typical. This is like what happened in the golf. The whole right after the birdie, what did I get? A triple. <laughs> then, on the back, I had two bad holes all day. Then, on the back, I got a par. What hole was it? That The third hole, the mausoleum hole, the, the par three, right? I par that hole, put it on, two-putt par. almost had the birdie, two-putt par. The next hole, par, par five, right? Okay? This is typical. Hit a great drive in good shape, just off the fairway. Second shot, terrific shot right down the middle, right? About 150 in, something like that on the par five, right? I hit my five wood, and there to the left is like a, a little a water hazard to the left. I hit my five wood, and I pull it left right into the damn water hazard, right? Wind up with a 10 on the hole after a par. I mean, this is what happened. I did finish decent, though. After the 10, I got a bogey. On the next hole, on a par four, and then I I parred the next par three as well. The final hole, I parred it, and uh, we went home. We played 15 holes. I actually played real well yesterday. But that's what happens, and that's what happened in the golf. I get a winner with Finau, and in the next week, I crap out completely. Don't even make the cut with speed. <laughs> and I can tell you right now, I will. I will definitely – I think next week's – not this week. This week is the uh, uh, Byron Nelson in, I believe it's Fort Worth, Texas. And then, what do they call it? The Memorial, I think it is. I don't know. I'm not sure. But it's the Byron Nelson. And then next week is the PGA at Oak Hill up in Rochester. And I can tell you right now, I'm going with Brooks Kepka in the PGA. Because, of course, the live guys will be playing in that. But nobody cares. But I had to throw all that in there. All right, let's get to the Mets. All right? And, again, thank everybody at DraftKings. Whatever you want to bet on, in-game betting, whatever. DraftKings is the way to go. And, again, I want to thank them one more time for gonna for being with us. Uh, for the upcoming uh, football season. Yeah, AT&T Byron Nelson in Fort Worth, I believe, it, coming up this week. All right, anyway, we'll see what I do with that. Hopefully I can... McKinney, I think that's right out... Like I said, I think it's right outside of Dow. Dow 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 Dow
Craig Ranch. Oh, okay. Here you go. TPC Craig Ranch. That's where they'll play it. Okay. The Mets. What a disaster. The Mets are in big trouble. I mean, let's be let let's be real. They're 17 and 18, right? They're losing these series to bad teams. They get swept in Detroit. They lose two out of three to Colorado. They had a 3-1 lead in the game yesterday in the first inning. They wound up losing it 13 to 6, right? The pitching staff is in complete shambles. Let's be honest. The starting rotation is a disaster. Disaster. Scherzer looks shot. You know, he really does. Who knows if you're ever going to see Quintana pitch, right? He's he's been he's been out for a hundred years. Um, you know, they got Peterson stinks, he's down in the minor leagues. McGill's not any good, you know. They uh, Sanger's been okay. He did have a good game against Colorado. He shut him out on Friday night, that one nothing uh game for six innings. Six innings shutout ball. They're in trouble. They're not hitting. You know, they don't hit, really. I mean, I noticed they scored six runs yesterday and they don't win. You know, Lonzo's not hitting now. Lindor's really not hitting now. You know, the guy that's hitting the most right now is Brett Beatty. And isn't it time now? Really, I've been screaming about this for a while, all right? They're 17 and 18. They're playing horrific baseball right now. They can't hit. They're not pitching. They're not doing anything. They're doing everything that bad teams do. That's why they're losing. They got a, they got an off day today. They need it. Then they go to Cincinnati to play the Reds, which shows his pitching tomorrow night. Isn't it time to bring up Ronnie Mauricio? You know, Stalin Marte, to me, looks shot. Something's wrong with Stalin Marte. All right? It's time to either put him on the IL, do something with him. Do something with him. Because he's not the same guy. He hasn't hit. And he's not the same guy defensively. I mean, I, I've said it a million times. How many times have we seen Marte on balls that he should be eating up in right field that he isn't even getting to? You brought up Beatty, he's hitting. Alvarez is starting to hit now, finally. Okay? They both look like the real deal. Bring up Ronnie freaking Mauricio, will you please? Put him at second base. He's killing it at Syracuse. Put him at second base and put McNeil in right field. All right? Even if you got to let Marte go, I don't even care. I think he's shot now. I do. I really do. It's time to bring these young guys up. Maybe you bring Vientos up, too. Maybe you dump. I like Vogelbeck, but maybe you dump him, too. Because how about the play he made yesterday? You talk about a bonehead freaking play. And this is what's going on with the Mets right now. They got a rally going in the first inning. They got three runs on the board in the first inning. Brett Beatty's at second base. Two out. Luis Guillaume is up, right? Luis Guillaume. He finally gets a – Guillaume, of all people, gets a, a base hit with two out. Here comes Beatty to score the run to make it a 4-1 game. And somehow, some way, Daniel Vogelbeck, okay, who shouldn't be doing any kind of daring base running whatsoever, <laughs> he gets thrown out over running second base and ends the inning because he gets thrown out at second base for the third out before Beatty crosses the plate with the run. Yeah, I mean, that's, how does that happen? You can't do that. I get rid of it. That's the kind of stuff that you get rid of your cut guys for. And, and I'm not, and look, I think Vogelbeck's been okay. He had a home run yesterday. Big deal, they were getting killed when he did. But he hasn't been terrible. But you, this, this is the kind of crap that the Mets have been doing. This is why they don't win. Forget that the pitching staff stinks, is in shambles. Forget that they're not hitting like they should be, <laughs> all right, right now. Then you have mistakes like that. You saw it even in Detroit the other day when they got swept. They're down 2 nothing in that last game in Detroit, the game Verlander pitched. Nimmo's on first, tying run at the plate, and he tries to steal second. What, what, what are you doing? And that's Nimmo, one of our best players. What are you doing? This team's a disaster right now. I, I, there's no other way to say it. 
You know, and I got I got Joey, my buddy Joey and Clark, already calling for Buck's head. Get rid of Buck. He stinks. <laughs> Joe, no. where are we, the Rangers, Joe? What are we, the Jets? Could, could we stop now? I'm here to get rid of Buck. Who are we bringing in now? What, Carlos Beltran? Is he coming in? Who are we getting? You want to bring Luis Rojas back? What do you want to do? Huh? Who's that other idiot we had that was exposing Mickey Calloway? Him? Oh, yeah, he was. He was exposing himself to female riot, sports writers, yeah. this guy. I mean, come on. What a, what a disgrace. Joey, calm down, will you? You're not getting rid of Buck. Please. Anyway, but, they, but bring Mauricio up, okay? Bring Vientos up. I would let Marte go. Even Vogelbeck. Screw him. Enough. Are we winning? No. Get these kids up here. But Scherzer looks shot. They need Verlander to be close to what he was. Yeah, he was okay that first game. Five innings last week in Detroit. Give up those two solo home runs in the first inning. Okay, fine. But he settled down after that. They need Verlander to be close to Verlander. He's got to be close to the great pitcher he's been his whole career. And he's saying to settle down. He hasn't been horrible. Outside of that, brutal. And the bullpen yesterday was terrible. Yacobonis got destroyed. Hunter got destroyed. The back end hasn't been bad. David Robinson has been very good. But the Mets are in big trouble right now. 17 and 18, big freaking trouble. And while we continue talking about I'm losing you, Let's not forget the Yankees. How about the Yankees? They lost two to, two out of three to Tampa, the unbelievable Rays. What, is, what are they now, 28 and 7, 27, whatever they are. I think they're 28 and 7 now, I want to say. Right? Unbelievable. They took three, two out of three from the Yankees in Tampa. The Yankees are 10 games behind them. The Yankees are one game over. I think they're 18 and 17. Mets are 17 and 18. The Yankees are 18 and 17. Yesterday, the Yankees are up 6 nothing behind the best pitcher in baseball, Garrett Cole, and they lost. Cole gave up two three-run home runs in the game to tie the game, and the Yankees eventually lose it in the 10th inning to the unbelievable Rays. You can't lose that game. I mean, you talk about a bad loss. You're up 6 nothing. Got a chance to take the series from this team that never loses with the best pitcher in baseball on the mound, and you lose, and he gives up two three-run. He had to give up a home run all year. He gives up two three-run homers. Oh, my God. Oh. Uh. <laughs> The only team doing well right now is the Jets because they're not playing. You know, Jets always do their best work like in May. You know what I mean? Right now, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Lazard, they're, they're hamming it up, and everything is wonderful with the Jets right now. They got to get Quinn and Williams paid, right? After, especially after Dexter Lawrence got paid with the Giants. So everybody else is the Knicks in big trouble. The Rangers stupidly firing the coach. Uh, the Mets stink. The Yankees look terrible. It's just a great, great time in sports here in New York. Everybody have a great week. All the love. Don't forget, catch me Thursday with Evan filling in for Cotton, uh, 2 to 6.30 on the fan. Catch the podcast Friday, the show on Saturday. As always, everybody, all the love.